This is the Top Notch Real Estate Agent Podcast. Yeah! Helping you grow your business, multiply your time, and boost your income. Here's your host, John Holston. Welcome back, everyone, to the Top Notch Agents Podcast. I am John Holston, and today we have yet another amazing guest. Matt Schaub is a real estate agent in Northern Colorado with the company C3 Real Estate Solutions. He focuses on investment in residential sales of real estate, but there's a lot more to Matt than his real estate career. He's a respected authority in leadership training. He uses a unique set of personality and behavioral surveys to help people gain clarity and self-awareness of their unique leadership and communication strengths. He's now teaching a lot of these concepts to real estate agents in Colorado. And Matt is an author and speaker. Matt, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you. And let's start off, you know, some people know who Matt Shop is, um, probably a number of people around the country, probably the world, right? Maybe a little bit in the world. Maybe yeah, the that'd world. be nice. But let's, let's have you just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little of your background, your family, and just kind of yeah. Fill us in on who you are. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'll catch you up on the past uh, 36 years uh, in the couple of minutes here. I'm uh, originally from New Jersey, from the East Coast, and uh, my family and I moved out to Loveland uh, back in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, my story's always been that I've never been uh, a kid or a person that likes to follow the rules, you know, sit down, shut up. So school didn't work well for me. Typical job scenario didn't work well for me. And, um, you know, I think everybody finds their place in life, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, in a career, sports, a vocation. Uh, I wasn't the popular kid. I wasn't the sports kid. Uh, business and uh, sales and marketing and, you know, leadership and just figuring out how to make money at a young age was my thing. So, I mean, I really leaned into that. And uh, ever since then, it was all about, you know, getting my way through school, but then trying to find other ways outside of school to to grow some kind of business. So, I mean, from nine years old, I had started and run, you know, lawn mowing, snow shoveling business. I was peddling candy out of uh, the lockers. They said I'd be a drug dealer if I stayed back in <laughs> New Jersey. And uh, it, it might have been true, but um, I really leaned into that and uh, graduated high school from uh, Loveland High and went up to Colorado State University up in Fort Collins. And uh, I got approached there by a college painting uh, internship company. And I worked four years uh, with them while I was at CSU. Which company um, was that? It was uh, College Works Painting. Okay. It was it was then known back as uh, Student Works Painting. Okay. So um, all under the uh, you know the main company, National mm-hmm. Services Group. Mm-hmm. So they basically come in and you know teach really highly driven entrepreneurial college kids about how to run a business. You get to use their money, which is really cool. And um, you know, but I got to the end of that, and I, I made over six figures in four years painting houses. And I said, ah, you know, this isn't a really sexy business. It's it's hot. It's dirty. It's messy. I spent three times what I made. So that's why I said. You know, the six figures. I literally graduated in uh, uh, 03 uh, from Colorado State with a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt. But I, but I had this passion and fire for marketing and sales and business. And, you know, I was in college painting. I got to train some of these other interns. So just the leadership and training component was really cool. And um, I, I then was uh, working at a bank. So I said, hey, let's go be in the mortgage business. Uh, it looked really cool from, from the outside. Um, and then I ended up working at a bank, a very conservative bank, in the mortgage business. Um, at CSU, I did a semester uh, study abroad in Spain. So I'm fluent in Spanish. They have me out in uh, Greeley, which you guys know there's a, a higher percentage of uh, Spanish speaking. And I'm in a bank just being told what to do, where to go, how to do it. And uh, just didn't work. I knew it wasn't going to work. And uh, March of 2005, 
Um, I've been married almost a year. I got laid off uh, from a bank in Greeley. I mean, no, no warning. Everything was, uh, was cut off. And again, I had massive pile of debt, uh, two shiny college degrees that weren't, weren't really doing anything for me. And I said, well, what, you know, what am I going to do next? And all I knew how to do was run paint crews from college painting. So it was literally, I mean, it was 30 day chunks for me. I said, I'm going to go out and start a painting company just, just to get by, figure out what I want to do. And then, and then go do that. And that's how my painting company, M&D Painting, was, was formed. It was you know, the only hundred bucks I had that I could really spare. And uh, we opened the business account and then I literally went out and we did our first $2 million of revenue over, over about a three year period, knocking on doors. I mean, I, I literally knocked on every door in South, Southeast Fort Collins two or three times. And uh, that's, how, that's how we got established. Um, that led into, hey, Matt, how did you grow your business? Will you come talk to you know, this class, this group, this company about marketing, sales, leadership, and just sharing my story? So um, as I began to do that, I was like, man, I got told to sit down and shut up as a kid, and now you guys want to pay me to come speak somewhere? I'm like, that's pretty cool. So that's how speaking started. And then that turned into you know, writing and authorship. And, um, and then real estate along the way was always a vehicle that, that my wife and I knew would be a great vehicle just to build wealth and create freedom. So as I personally have invested, the uh, the bug right to go get my real estate license has always been there. And uh, I finally went and jumped into uh, real estate back in October of uh, last year of 2016. Um, so yeah, I live here with my beautiful wife and two two kids, uh, Riley's nine, my son, and my daughter Haley is six. And you know, we're sitting here at my house in Windsor with my, with my dog and some peanut M&Ms over here. So You just need a fireplace. Yeah, you we know, do. We need a cozy, cozy, cozy fireplace. Back. We have Spanish coffee, though, man. We've got, we've got everything. We've got the ambiance. And, um, so that's my, that's my quick story. And, you know, along, along the way, I know one thing that we're going to talk about today for, for your listeners and uh, your, your agents, your audiences, um, I really leaned into getting very educated on uh, personality and behavior profiling. I went and took a little behavior survey and you know, read the report, and I mm-hmm. thought it was like a magic, you know, magic mind reader telling me exactly everything about me, my strengths, my weaknesses, what I should lean into, not lean into, um, you know, hire out, delegate out. And I just got really interested in that. So went out and got formally certified in uh, being able to implement a, a certain set of assessments and then really just interpret that data. You know, when I texted you earlier and uh, kind of kind of read you, your you kind of You kind of freaked me out, honestly, Matt. Did, did you get freaked <laughs> the, out a little bit? The yeah. mind reader, psychic, I think I referred to you as, but no, that's... Pretty neat stuff. Yeah, so that's that's the story. So yeah, just you know, I, I love I love what I do. I love waking up every day, being able to help people create a, a lifestyle for my family where you know family's first. Um, mm-hmm. You know, here every morning, home every night, most nights for dinner, and um, you know, working and, and enjoying our lifestyle. I mean, it's it's we really accomplished the dream that we that we set, you know, 10, 15 years ago when you know, we were in massive amounts of debt and laid off from a bank. Matt, how old are you now? I'll be 36 in a little bit. So okay. by, by the time this airs, I'll be 36. All right. Very good. Well, so you learned valuable lessons early on, you know, which, you know, myself included. It took me till I was about 40 yeah. before I caught on to some of this stuff. This stuff. So uh, that's awesome. So you've been really successful in your painting business, for sure, in your speaking and in, in your training, which we're going to get to more here in a minute. Tell me what is different about real estate for you. Yeah, I mean to be to be blunt and honest, and I mean I think some of your listeners may get a little offended, but I would say li- listen through and, and don't be offended. I come from the painting industry, and uh, the stereotype about the painting industry, and I always say you know some stereotypes can be true, is that you've got a pretty you know un- unprofessional 
kind of scary dude in a truck with maybe some guys helping him that you might not trust to leave in your home to you know paint your living room when your purse is out. Getting into real estate, we, we grew our painting company by saying, hey, we're entrepreneurs first, we're business people first, and we happen to do it painting. So mm -hmm. let's not try to be better or set the bar higher than most painting companies. That's not hard to do with all due respect, but you know, let, let's try to be like an, like an Amazon, like a Zappos, give that, that phenomenal service and just do it painting. So I'm sitting here, I get, I get my license, and uh, I had been talking to C3 for a while, and, and I'm, I'm a little nervous. I go, man, you know, these, these guys and gals, like they dress up, they've got nice cars, they're, they, they seem more professional. I go, there has to be in real estate more professionalism and, and less drinking. Than, than in the painting industry. And then I got in and found that it was a little bit <laughs> Not reverse. exactly the case. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, you know, I've done about 10 deals so far, mm -hmm. and I've worked with some really interesting people. So yeah. the, you know, the people that might get offended if you're getting offended, I mean, there's, there's, there's not a lot of professionalism. I'm, I'm a little shocked that you're dealing with somebody's biggest investment and so much being on the line, right? Whether you're buying, selling, investing, whatever. And some of the things that I've seen, it, I, I was shocked that that happens. But I think it just comes down to that's the, the typical bell curve of people. But I think for listeners, if you can really separate yourself, and I mean, just answer your phone and return calls mm -hmm. that same day. If you can do that, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to smoke most agents, at least from, from what I've seen. That's exactly um, right. Be, be professional. Uh, see why you're different. Set why you're different. And then the thing that I love about the personality profiling is understand your unique leadership style mm -hmm. and lean into that. Don't try to be something you're not. But then even better is get so good at yours that you can recognize it in your client your buyer, your seller, whoever you're working with, and then and then help align them better with their goals. Matt, let's jump into that. So yeah. tell me what what first got you interested in the whole idea of, of behavioral uh, in, in leadership? What stirred that for you? You know, one of the uh, uh, big, big just mentors and people I look up to a lot in just, just business and finance is uh, Dave Ramsey. I listen mm -hmm. to his podcast. On, on a train in Spain, I was traveling, and somebody goes, "Ah, oh, you'd like this guy. He's really funny, and you know, teaches about money." And uh, just just fell in love with the concept right away. He hosted an entre leadership course that mm -hmm. my wife and I went to, and they said, "Hey, one of the homework assignments is you need to take this DISC test, right?" And uh, you know, DISC, Myers Briggs, Colby, all different kinds of you know personality assessments. And I took it, and I got the email back, and I said, "Hey, read through this and answer some questions." And I read mine. And I'm, I'm laughing, I'm crying. It's like, you are, you are direct. You, you know, you tend to say things and think about them later. I mean, it's just reading me to a yeah, T. Yeah. And then you know, I give it to Emily and she's just, she starts laughing and I'm reading hers and it was just really eye opening. So we ran those same assessments on the, uh, the painting company's team. Hmm. And uh, then we just, you know, we got some, some clarity. It's like, wow, you know, you don't make decisions as fast as I, as I do. I need to slow down when I'm communicating with you. You know, you're more about relationships. I'm more about getting it done. This guy, this gal over here is more about getting it done correctly, about precision, about accuracy. So um, I, I just continued to implement these and we started to pay for these surveys. And then uh, I found a company that, that I could go through and get formally certified to really understand what uh, the data means. So just the process over the years of taking, seeing these surveys and getting certified and now having a system to you know, let agents use and let my clients use has, has really brought me here. And it's just, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Uh, my wife and I do this a lot with like married couples mm -hmm. and uh, in our church environment, we've done some married couple work where, you know, people get clarity on, oh, that's, that's why he does that or she does that. So it's been fun. So did you see a, a tangible difference within the painting company when you 
had your employees take this test? What did what did that look like? Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, I'm I'm a very high uh, get you know get it done, do things fast. It's that D, that direct, assertive, aggressive style. So everybody kind of looks at me and goes, "Oh, Matt's Matt's kind of a jerk." They go, "No, he's just about getting stuff done." So once I was able to realize that and go, "Well, I'm not just I'm not a jerk. I just like to get stuff done." And uh, you know, Melanie over here, she's really extroverted and she's about the relationships. We actually post these up at our at our office space, and absolutely huge huge difference in it. I mean, it brought to light, it brought to the surface how and why we behave the way we do. Um, so you know, because because you're John, you're going to tend to see things through your lens of how you are. You're going to view me through how you are, and I'm typically going to do the same thing. But when we can remove those lenses and start to see each other for who they really are, mm-hmm. then we can get more clarity and, and understanding. So, yeah, it's helped my marriage. Uh, it's helped Emily and I tremendously, all, all of the business endeavors I'm involved in. And, and then it's just fun to, you know, walk into like a sandwich shop and mm-hmm. try to try to see what you think the you know, lady making your sandwich might be and, and kind yeah. of talk yeah. to you about it. So. so you use two assessments primarily, one called the DISC assessment and one called the values yeah. assessment. So can yeah. you, what is DISC exactly and, in how about values as well? Yeah, so DISC, and I think DISC gets uh, misconstrued a lot. So um, basically, if you look at, at human behavior, whether it's a DISC or a Myers-Briggs, think, think of a cheeseburger, right? DISC, Myers-Briggs, it's like Burger King, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. They're just mm-hmm. different brands or names that have been associated with the same same human science and, and same mathematics, right? So uh, DISC is your observable behavioral tendency. So if you think of uh, you know the ocean or a lake or just the water being your environment, right? It's constantly moving and you drop an iceberg right into that water. Disc is going to be the part of the iceberg that sticks up out of the water. So I can observably see in you, uh, you know, that you're, that you're extroverted, that you like people, you like engaging and initiating in new relationships. You'll walk into Starbucks and I'm reading right off your, your survey. You'll walk into Starbucks and you'll meet that five You're cheating because you see me I, all I the time. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and you'll meet five people. You'll get five new business cards, but then there's also your, your extroverted, but you're, you're an introverted extrovert. So there's a part of you that's very outgoingly, uh, you know, emotionally driven, relational. But then you also have like this set of cards that you hold closer to the vest. You're going to establish long-lasting, loyal relationships a lot more. Uh, you're you're going to be very conflict avoidant, right? So um, looking at all these things, that's all disc. That's all what shows at the surface. So if you're working with me as a client or I'm working with you as a client, uh, you know, we're, we're ships in the water, right? We're trying to navigate around mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. through each other's lives and relationships um, disc is your observable behavioral tendency that can change in a snapshot. Um, you know, you're a low D, which means you're not going to you know, run after a problem. If your kid's about to get hit by a car, you're going to be, you're going to be the highest D ever. You're going to run out and grab them from in front of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it shows your natural tendencies of how you'll behave. Um, the big things it talks about is you're either quick or slow to make decisions and act on things. You're either introverted or extroverted. And you're either going to be more associated with a task, with getting something done, or uh, with, with a personal relationship, more of giving that experience. And the way that those all combine together, uh, it's the four primary emotions of mad, glad, sad, scared. And the way that those all combine together, it makes a, a unique personality style, just like the four primary colors combining to make a unique color. So, so. what does DISC mean yeah, what the is letters? It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so D. If you if you look at those acronyms, D would typically stand for the the driver. I would be the influencer. S would be the steady or, or the stabilizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, C would be the the conscientious or the or the cautious person. 
Um, the D style is going to be that uh, that anger, that that really driven, assertive, aggressive mm-hmm. emotion. So somebody that's a high D, uh, they like problems. If they're in an environment where there's no problems, they go create problems. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I use the example Donald Trump, right? Mouth opens. Stuff comes out, they think about it later. It's that person that's going to be like the Corvette, right? Zero to 103 seconds. They're just ripping stuff out, getting it done. It doesn't mean it's correct, but they're going to go in and they're going to get something done. They're very fast, very outgoing, very mm-hmm. assertive and aggressive. Um, if you're a lower D, it's just going to be the opposite of that. So you're going to be more mild-mannered, more, more agreeable. You're not going to cause conflict. You're going to avoid conflict. Shy away from problems, not be as assertive. You'll probably be the last to speak. You know, that's that D style. Um, the I style, that that influential, it's the Robin Williams, right? If it's an animal, it's the playful dolphin or the otter. It's the, the decked out Hummer uh, mm-hmm. eyes. I mean, you can sometimes tell how they dress. They like to be noticed and appreciated and liked and loved and known. They're all about having fun. Uh, I'm a D. Ds don't care how your weekend is. They just want to come into the coffee shop, get their coffee, drink it, leave, go do the 27. Not talk things. to anybody. They, yeah. they don't care. Um, the eyes are like, hey, how are you doing? They're giving hugs, shaking hands, kissing babies, having lots of, of fun. Um, they're very emotionally driven and charged. They're still fast. They make quick decisions, but they're about the relationship, the experience, and they make more emotional decisions. Um, eyes are very hard on themselves. They, they tend to undervalue the, the value that they actually bring uh, to a relationship. So they're, they're just very hard on themselves. They tend to set higher goals and expectations, maybe not meet them, and then beat themselves up a little bit. So would you say these behavioral and leadership traits, do they change mm-hmm. over time with your age, maturity? Yeah. Uh, what does that look like? When, when I took my first one back in 07, 08, I was a very high D and, and high C. So didn't really care about the relationship at all. It was about the numbers and the process and mm-hmm. the system and getting it done. Uh, somebody would go, man, Matt's, you know, Matt's kind of cold. He's just all straight business. Um, Emily actually used to be a, a higher D and then we, you know, got married and I think just naturally, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship progresses. We don't need two, you know, right. two people swinging a big hammer in the house and hers is now a lot, a lot lower. Uh, her C's actually gone up. So her, mm-hmm. you know, detail orientedness has gone up a lot, but it changes over time. It can change in a snapshot. If you take this survey again, you know, 30 minutes from now, you might, it might slightly vary yeah. a little bit, but yeah, life experience, age. Uh, different just phases of life can change those things too. So let me ask you, having been a high D, right, mm-hmm. and coming down a little bit, which which would you say has been better for business? Yeah, so people people ask this a lot is, you know, well, what, what should I be? What's the best one to have? I think what, whatever you are is the best one mm-hmm. to have. And I think realizing whatever whatever it is, that is the best one and, and lean into that. So if you're, you know, if you're a Corvette, uh, go be a Corvette and put yourself in situations where you need a, a Corvette. If you're the S style, um, they're slower to get started. So you've got a you know an S, you've got a higher S score. You know you're more of that zero to sixty in, in three days. It takes you a while to get going, but once you do, you know get out of the way. So I think the issue I see in business is where somebody doesn't realize their strength and they're just trying so hard to to fit in or push in or lean into something that they're just not wired to do. Um, you know, think of the uh, disc example of, you know, I'm wired to plug in the toaster in my kitchen in, in America, and you're wired to plug in the hairdryer in the hotel in Europe. And I mean, what happens if you if you try to plug into something that you're not mm-hmm. wired to do, mm-hmm. it just it causes a short circuit. So all of the styles are great. I think in a business or a leadership environment, if you've got a team, 
Um, you know, you, if you have a bunch of D's running around mm-hmm. that are all really low on the detail, you know, you're going to get a bunch of stuff done. It's all going to be wrong. Um, you you want to have balance within an organization and, and a team if you're building one. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how this translates into helping our listeners. So yes. you you are doing these classes now uh, in the area regionally, and where where all have you done these? These classes and yeah, trainings. I've, I've done this all over Colorado and then been able to travel to speak uh, nationally and mm-hmm. then even, even internationally. I spent a lot of time in Spain, so I was, I was able to do this with a group back uh, in Spain in Spanish. That was pretty cool. But uh, um, real estate, as I've jumped into it now, I've had uh, just niched in and I've been able to help a lot of the, the realtors here in northern Colorado and then one group out of Denver. So. In our last podcast, we spoke with Eric Thompson yeah. from Windermere. And Eric we had the conversation about how authenticity is so important to yeah. this business, right? Yeah. So as you're talking about focusing on your strengths and not, you know, trying to be something you aren't, right? Yeah. So if you're a high D, don't try to not be a high D. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have areas in your life that you can improve on, right? Correct. However, yeah. if you're naturally a high D, then find those areas where that's very successful, you know, su- uh, successfully used, Yes. Then you'll be more authentic, right? Do you do you find that is that able, you're able to help people move more towards authenticity? Absolutely, it's just finding that that authentic you that that you're that, you know you're wired to be from a leadership communication relational standpoint. So yeah, I mean to help to help listeners, I think each individual style would would allow you to really lean into different parts of ways that you can you know generate generate leads, right? Generate business for for your business. Um, you know, for the people that are more relational, lean into the relationships. For the people that are just more the drivers and, and steamrollers find whatever it is that you can really drive through and, and create you know create results for for your clients and your mm-hmm. business so. so tell me now that you're in real estate you've also mm-hmm. got your painting yeah. business going you're doing some speaking and training so you got a lot on your plate mm-hmm. right now but when you look at real estate tell me what you have learned when it comes to yeah. your personality how you handle things what have you found to be most helpful yeah, for for me, I mean, it's what it's what you just said, and what Eric mentioned on your other episode is you you really you've really got to be you and let people know you know who you are, who you're not, and and, and let you know let that client fall in love with the real mm-hmm. the real you, and um, that was one big thing that I learned. Another big thing is um, you know to, to produce results. I'm I'm a numbers guy, right? I, I like to know what what actions that that I'm doing. What what do they produce? How often do they produce it? So. That the concept and Larry has talked about this. I'm sure Eric has maybe in different terms. But what is Larry Kendall is who you're Kendall. referring to? I'm sorry, yeah, yeah Larry no, Kendall. Uh, what is that one thing, right? right? If you only had a, an hour a day, or you could only do one thing to grow your business, what is it? How does it how does it work for you? I'm very, you know, get it done. I can set lots of appointments and, and knock out a lot in a day very efficiently. Okay, no, no, you can't be a spoil. No spoiler alert here. Okay, because we're doing our two business, or two minute oh, business I, booster. Am I going so you can't, that? you can talk about it, but don't answer the question ahead. yet. Okay, we're gonna. Um, but but go what I was that. gonna say, what yeah, what I've learned is just be, being being you, letting people fall in, in love with you, yeah, and uh, and find out what that one thing is that you can do well in, in business and, and lean into that. And those are the two big things that I've learned. And I, again, I was surprised by just the. I think lack of professionalism in the industry and some of the things, even in such a regulated industry, way more regulated than painting, that that still happens and has just been okay for clients. You know, I think what's been really eye-opening for me is, like you said, it's 
pretty surprising some of the deals that come along. Now, I'm blessed the vast majority of them have been really good for the most part. However, there are a handful who just can't seem to leave their ego out of it. Yes. And there's no place, one thing I say, there's no place for ego in this business. There's a place for uh, diligence and standing your ground for on behalf of your client. Um, and really, of course, it's more passing on what they want to do. But when you get egos involved on the part of realtors, that's where things often go downhill. And, you know, we experience that firsthand. That serves nobody well. Yeah. And another thing that I learned, too, and it might be hard for a new agent that's saying, well, hey, I mean, I need to make commission and I need to make money to survive and have this go. But don't don't get tied to that. Don't worry about that so much. Mm-hmm. The, the, the more I and I'll get to this point, like I'll think about it all. Oh, if I lose this, it's, it's just don't don't worry about that, that outcome. And when you don't worry about the money and just leave that off the table, same thing. It's it's, it's that ego, right? It's about what's yeah. in it for me, and it's it's not about what's in it for you. Huge um, point. Yeah. Uh, one thing I learned early on, uh, in my, I'm about six six years now. One thing I learned early on was not to be outcomes oriented. Yes, and that's a hard thing to do. Okay, and you just said that, but you know you've got to hold hold these deals kind of with a loose grip sometimes, and yeah. there will be things that come along that you you can't control. A lot of things come along that you can't control and learning just to do the very best you can if something falls apart you just have to have faith that there's some reason it didn't happen and go on to the next one you know but what you see is over time and I know you would have learned this with your painting company probably years ago you have highs and lows in your business and you'll have an incredible month and then you'll have three months you don't close something right Um, at least some of us have had that experience um, you know, but you have to maintain confidence in what you do and you have to realize that there's a natural cycle for business and that'll come back around at some point. So it's easy to kind of freak out, so to speak, but learning to walk through it calmly and know that it'll come back around, yeah. you know, and, and not to come across as a desperate, someone who's desperate yeah. for business. People, people can smell they, that. They, they can smell the money goggles or the, or the, yeah. So tell me how, how do people learn more about themselves? What's the best way? Uh, you do teach classes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So how do people get in touch with you to do that? Yeah, you know, my website, best way to find me is uh, just mattschaup.com. And uh, there I've got, you know, got some info about me, the things that I do, and uh, what you did, John. Um, you know, everybody usually starts by taking uh, one of the assessments. And then from there, I do one-on-one uh, debriefs and breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, couple, you know, couple on couple. So Emily and I will meet with a couple. I'll come into a group environment and do that. But it all starts with just going to the site and uh, taking the assessment. Yeah, very good. All right. We like to do something called the two minute business booster. Okay. You ready for this? I got it. I already okay. might have done some of it. Sounds all like. right. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> we yeah, got close. I think, I think we kept you from answering most of it. All right. Okay. Question number one. What is the most productive part of your day? The first part of my morning. That really sets the standpoint for the day. I feel your first 60 to 90 minutes of just getting in a groove and a rhythm of doing productive, just energizing, uh, positive uh, affirmations, writing notes, planning your day. That's, that's my best part of my day. If I don't do it, the rest of the day gets ruined. Okay. Question two. If you had only one hour, here's the one you almost spoiled, by the way. Okay. I know you almost spoiled it. If you had only one hour in a day to focus on growing your business or businesses, what would you do? 
I would sit down with uh, somebody that I'm close to, have a coffee with them, catch up on life, family, business, and give them a real estate review. Okay. And then, again, you've been very successful on a number of fronts, and that, of course, takes a lot of work. So what's one tip that you have for an entrepreneur to help them focus, keep focusing on what they're doing? Is play the long game. I've, I've learned that a lot in life is we get too tied and focused on, you know, what's happening this week, this month, even this year, next three years is really look at the big picture of, you know, it's Larry Kendall told me this, just focus. It's, it's a marathon. Don't, don't try to do it all in, you know, three weeks. It's, it's a, just look at the long game. It is a marathon. That's for sure. Uh, that's great advice. So, okay, last one. Name one person you would say has had the most impact on your business and personal development. And what, so that's the first part of it. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you say is one concept they help you grasp? Yeah. Uh, Dave Ramsey, if I wouldn't have uh, found his material at the time in my life that I did, I'd be in a way different position, I think, in a, a lot of different spots. So just have, don't, don't spend more than you make. Manage your money wisely. And uh, then from the business standpoint, just a lot of solid entrepreneurial and leadership advice from him. That's very good. Yeah. Well, you, you made all your times, but I do want to follow up with something you just said. Um, so when it comes to entrepreneurs, what would you say is maybe one of the things they lose sight of? Like what, what, what derails an entrepreneur? I think getting too caught up in the business or the task at hand or, or, the, or the problem at hand and really forgetting we, we need to step away even before we step into business, but step away and say, why the heck am I doing this? Um, I think one of the things that's gotten us to where we are today is I knew, hey, in, in 2016, 17, 18, I want to be sitting here having a business that runs itself so I can go enjoy some family time and some mm-hmm. travel time and be there for my kids and you know be the dad that my kids are going to grow up and be proud of and say, man, he was, he was there. That's why I do what I do. Uh, we measure it with dollars and cents and GCI and mm-hmm. P&Ls and all that stuff. But we get too caught up in that sometimes, right? Those, those outcomes, they're important. Don't forget about them. But, but remember why you're doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, don't lose sight of that ever. So you've had the opportunity, again, to be in several different businesses here. And like we talked about a minute ago, early on, as you're building those businesses, um, there are some legitimate concerns that come up on the part of, of the entrepreneur. How am I going to make enough money? Um, You find yourself working incredibly long hours, right, to build it. Um, I remember early on in my business, um, you know, I was probably working 60, 70 hour weeks, right? Um, And Larry Kendall, I asked him, uh, he said, how's business going? I said, Larry, I am having a hard time balancing family and work. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, John, you're a rookie. There is no balance. Yeah, there's no balance. For a short time, right? Mm-hmm. Now our goal, each of us have a goal to get to a point where we can be balanced while at the same time maintaining and growing our business, right? Yep. So I guess to wrap this up, give us a little advice because we are sitting in your beautiful home. You've had a chance to build uh, your painting business to a point that it, it does very well for you. You're speaking, you're writing, doing those things and... and um, Tell us, give give a piece of advice to those those early years. Yeah, you know, if you would have sat down, I wouldn't have, have had time to sit down with you in 2005, 6, 7. I think there is power 
Um, and if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, right, uh, sit, sit down for the first two, three years. I think if you can double it up and go work that 60, 80 hours mm-hmm. a week and even tell them maybe, you know, I was I, I didn't have kids then, but say, hey, wife, kids, family, whatever other commitments, I'm, I'm going to be gone for 36 months. And to the degree that you can really get rooted and, and get things rolling, go knock on 3,000 doors, you know, like I did, then you can start to, to tone it back mm-hmm. a little bit later on versus, hey, we're, I'm going to go only work 40 hours a week the first couple of years. I mean, there's going to be other rookies out there that, that are hustling a little bit more. So I think mm-hmm. there is power in really committing to it and, and just driving and getting that 10,000 hours, right, that they talk about mm-hmm. to be the, the mm-hmm. expert, the professional. Um, and, and then you can turn it on coast a little bit. You know, it's it's a different story now for me. If you would have talked to me in 05, um, it, was, it was work all day, every day. Um, and for those of us who are married yeah. or have significant others, the importance of having support there. Yes. Uh, they've got to be... They've got to be supportive because this is not, uh, you know, entrepreneurship is not for the faint-hearted, for sure. No, it's not. It, it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. But I always tell people it's not. It's not gonna. It's not gonna kill you. Like it's not gonna mm-hmm. physically kill you. Um, and then you know the other thing that I ran into is uh, you will have stuff absolutely blow up in business. Painting. I have painted the wrong color on the right house. I've painted the right color on the wrong house. Like we painted straight up, painted the wrong house. I mean, you're gonna have just I bet bad, they appreciated that. Right? They were pissed. Yeah, that's a fun story. <laughs> and then you know we painted a baby once. We had a paint sprayer explode all over a woman and her baby. I mean, so it's just but but just owning that and just knowing it's gonna happen and knowing there'll be a better day. And you know whatever your worst experience, you, you could have a listener just having the worst. Like I had a bad day Tuesday. I had a really bad real estate day. Um, maybe that's you today. It, it will you know it can only go up from there. And usually mm-hmm. right at the other end of that bad day is a is a deal waiting to come through. Um, and it's just, you, you got to take the ebbs and flows in, in business. They're going to be there. Or you go work for somebody else, which we, which we don't want to do. That's why we're doing this. Well, very good. Matt Schaup, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, you can reach him on mattschaup.com. Lots of good information there uh, about him and all that he does. He's also the author, like we said, of a book. It's called Becoming an Award-Winning Company, Seven Simple Steps to Unlock the million dollar secret everyone needs to know. So uh, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, we'll look forward to connecting with you down the road. This is the Top Notch Real Estate Agent Podcast. Yeah! Helping you grow your business, multiply your time, and boost your income.